Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hi, Mary Lee Gannon here, and I am so excited to be with you on the Still Space Podcast, episode number one, the inaugural podcast. You are with me for the very first podcast that we're doing, and I'm so excited to be with you. I have great material planned for you today. So thank you for spending this time with me. I am going to make this most valuable for you. Today we're talking about how to manage overthinking, worry, and stress. I see this show up every single day in my clients, so I wanted to start the podcast series off with this important topic where I'm going to give you takeaway strategies that you can use to manage that overwhelm, manage that overthinking, because it just isn't fair that we have to live that way. Have you ever been overthinking so much that you completely are overwhelmed, unproductive, and unhappy? And this is showing up in my own life this week, and I'm sure in yours as well. We are understaffed in the office whose office is not understaffed. We can't find people. It's hard to recruit people. It's hard to keep people right now. And the people that are left behind are doing extra work. They're exhausted. I'm managing those people and I feel for them. I don't want to push down on them too much. Then I'm also managing an aging parent who is not well. And I have to deal with social workers, her doctors, it's a it's an, a full-time job in and of itself. And the emotional tornado that goes with that, I'm trying to manage it while also being her daughter and showing up and being there for her, being present for her. It's difficult. And then I have house guests coming next week, family members coming into town, and I want to have a, a nice house and everything all ready for them, and I haven't started cooking or freezing anything. All of these thoughts are going round and round in my head, unlike people who are peaceful and know how to manage this. And I'm one of those people. And even I am having overwhelmed stress and um, unhappiness this week. So how do we deal with that? Right. And other things that can be showing up that contribute to stress and overwhelm. Are you worried if you don't fit in somewhere? Wondering if you're ever going to be promoted. Why did that other person get promoted and I didn't? Why am I not liked by this group of people? It's overwhelming. And then how about the stress of you are never going to get enough done? 
Other people might judge you and think you aren't capable, ineffective, and you feel like you're failing. These thoughts are human. Don't beat yourself up for them. Mindfully, we don't judge ourselves. We don't judge others. When we're in a mindful place, we notice and we see what's going on. But we still feel overwhelmed. So what do we do with that? What would it be like if those thoughts didn't control you? My gosh, that would be freedom. Okay, so how do we do that? What if we could automatically see through any sandstorm of chaos to a clear path? That's really what we need is a strategy. We can't change the outside situations. We, I can't change that my mother is aging. I can't change that I don't have enough staff in my office. I can't change that I haven't prepared my house for my company that's coming next week. But if I could see a way through to not feel so oppressed, I could be happier and more productive. I would have a view that completely changes how I see my world, how I operate and show up. That's what people want. That's what I need this week. That view might be difficult at first. It might make you even uncomfortable until you master it. It might even scare you because it's going to require a rewiring of the way we think and what we do. But I think you're up for that. Then again, it might be fun. It might even excite you. It might be a relief to finally release old habits of thinking that keep you stuck. Yes, please bring it on. The truth is that our ego has a natural bias to play it safe. And what I mean by that is we as humans are not extinct as other species are because we're very good at playing it safe. We discern danger better than anybody, better than any other species. We know when something isn't safe. And think back centuries ago, this is how we stayed alive. We knew our tribe. We knew our place in that tribe. And if we didn't contribute to the place where we were needed in that tribe, we were ousted from the tribe where we then could possibly die by the hands of another tribe, by a mastodon stepping on us, by not having food and water. So know that we're wired naturally to play it safe. That's not the best place to be if we're trying to thrive in a situation have peace and calm in our life, connect with our children, connect with our loved ones. So how do we manage this? In that space where the ego is driving us, we tell ourselves stories that aren't necessarily true, yet we believe they are, right? And this leads us to not take risks because we believe we'll get hurt. Oh, I'm not going to apply for that stretch job. Uh, I'm not qualified for that. Oh, I'm I'm not going to really look hard to find somebody new to work in my office because nobody really is applying for jobs right now and why would I waste my time? I'm not going to put together a menu of what I'm going to have next week because I'm just not going to have time to go grocery shopping and make all that stuff anyway. These stories that we tell ourselves are not fact-based. They are assumptions with our ego bias to play it safe. And this is what we do, it's human nature. The stories we end up telling ourselves are things like, in these themes, I see them all the time in my clients, I'm not smart enough, I'm not experienced enough, I'm not likable enough, I'm not cute enough, 
I'm not effective enough. I'm not good enough. That's usually at the root of everybody's limiting belief. I'm just not good enough. Well, that mindset right there is victimhood. And nobody ever thrived or excelled when they felt as if they're a victim. But we do this. It's okay. We're not going to say any criticism because this is the human, the human nature. We find ourselves as victims because we're afraid we are going to be rejected. And that state of victimhood keeps us paralyzed and we play to it. That's where self-sabotage comes in, sleepless nights. This is not where we have executive presence. It's not where we have connectivity, where people want to be close to us. We want to move ourselves out of victimhood. All right, so how do we do that? So we know in the human condition, our minds start with these thoughts. And those thoughts turn into stories. The stories that I just told you are some of the ones that are going on in my head this week. And uh, in my clients, similar stories. Oh, I didn't get picked for my this promotion. I thought I was working hard and people would notice me. But somebody else went out there and, and was very brazen and they actually got the promotion. Well, you're sitting back thinking that person wasn't fair, but they were just doing what they know best to do. No judgment. They positioned themselves and they got a promotion. You didn't get a promotion. Let's think about how we might position you differently. But we can't just start with action because it won't be authentic. We have to start with a thought. We're going to unravel the story and allow for a different one. Because stories, you see, lead to emotions. So while you're telling yourself, well, I'm just going to work hard. I don't need to be out there tooting my own horn and calling attention to myself. I'm just going to work hard and I should be noticed just for working hard. And then when you're not, the emotion is resentful, frustrated, disappointed, right? And so then what follows emotion, we've got story, then emotion, then action. What action do you take when you're sitting in the space of, well, they should have noticed me and they didn't. Well, this isn't fair. You get frustrated. You dummy down your actions. You're not really going to self-actuate and put yourself out there because what's the point anyway? not helpful for your peace. I call this the C principle. S for story, E for emotion, A for action. And it's worthwhile to make a note of that. Story, emotion, action. So I'm going to show you how to dissect this to have different thoughts, which will lead to different emotions, which will lead to different actions. But here's how the story, emotion, action, the C principle plays out in life. The story might see, I might be, I see opportunity. I see that there's a, a promotion out there. I see that there's somebody over there that I'd like to connect with. I see a course over here I'd like to take. The emotion is I'm hopeful, I'm excited. And the action is I'm gonna take a risk. This is great. If the story is, well, that's out there, but it's not really for me because I'm not good enough. The emotion is, sadness, anger, and the action is do nothing. I'll play it safe. So if the story, for instance, is, well, nothing is really working, and this brings on the stress and the overwhelmed and the unsatisfied feelings that we have, all that worry, 
nothing's really working. I, I, I've tried everything and, and I just can't, I'm just can't make this work. The emotion that follows that is despair. And then you quit. I see this often in the corporate workplace. People quit and stay. You know that person. They're not going to look for another job, but they're really not going to be a high performer, even a mediocre performer. They're just going to be task specific and do the least amount expected to get by. Not a place for them to be and not a place for you to be managing. You want your people, the people that report to you, the people in your life and yourself to be in a story of thriving. So if they're in the story of, well, this isn't fair, the emotion that follows is anger, and the action is blame. It's their fault. I have too much to do. That doesn't go anywhere. Okay, so enough about the C principle. Story, emotion, action. We understand that. How do we completely change how we see our world, operate in our world, and show up? How do we do that? It starts with the story. It's the only part of this human condition, the C principle that you have to focus on, is the story. The story that you tell yourself starts with a story. It's just a story. And stories are fiction. We want you to craft nonfiction. I want you to see the truth of the situation, not the story that your ego has been telling you to play it safe. It's just a part of yourself. You don't want to dislike your ego. Everybody has an ego. It's not a bad part of us. It, it helps us not step into traffic, not get hurt. But in some instances, that ego wants to rise up and keep you safe, which is holding you back. And that's where you want to discern the story. It's just a story. Let's talk about challenging the story, changing the story, because just because the thought is in your head does not make it reality, but you live it as if it's your reality. So there's a thought, imagine a bubble with thought in it, and another bubble with reality in it, and then there's tension between those two bubbles. We want to deplete that tension by having that thought be something that is more reasonable and not a place to say it, play it safe so that the reality becomes more at ease. That tension isn't so tight and agitating. There's a real nice straight line between the thought and the reality. They're congruous. They go together. This comes with changing the story. How do we change the story? We change the lens that we look at our life through. Change the lens, you change your reality. Just like a pair of glasses, a pair of binoculars, a telescope. You know how it, most of us have some sort of vision impairment and we put in our contacts or we put on our glasses or if you don't, if you look through binoculars or a telescope, you see things more clearly. It brings them in more closely. Take off the glasses that aren't serving you. Just metaphorically imagine it just like that. Oh, I noticed that story. I noticed that story. That story that I'm telling myself, it isn't serving me. What's another way that I can look at this? Because, you know, your ego likes you to be the victim. 
because then whatever happens is somebody else's fault. And then you don't have to take responsibility for that. But that doesn't give you any power. That gives you stress, an overwhelmed feeling, and overthinking that's not serving you. So let's help the ego understand that you've got this, you've got this, by helping you realize that there's another way of looking at the situation. Because that overwhelmed feeling, it robs you of power, keeps you stressed, keeps you worrying, and it's just perseverative and goes on and on and on. And then at its worst, it's learned helplessness, right? That's where we think that it's personal just to us. Or we think that it's pervasive and going to cross all areas of our life to our health, our well-being, to our friendships, our love interests, our work, and that it's, it's just pervasive. It's everywhere and going to continue on forever. That's despair. That is utter despair. And that's, that's not where you want to be. That's not where you have to be. But that's where your ego will keep you if you don't challenge it. Don't let your ego's need to keep you safe and be right drive your stories. Ego doesn't get to drive your stories. Change the lens on your stories. Challenge the assumptions against the truth. So here's an ego story, for instance. I didn't get that promotion because the company doesn't respect me or care about me. Well, here is a genius truth. And I like to call it genius truth because that's who you are at your core, is a genius a genius. So a genius truth is I'm going to be curious about what I can learn from not getting the promotion. What did they like better about the other person, I wonder? Maybe I can ask them. How do I want to show up differently next time? What areas can I improve? Do you see the curiosity in there? Not the ego saying, uh-uh, not fair. You didn't get what you deserve. Or how about an ego story of, I don't have the confidence I need to blank, advance, be liked, ask this person out. The genius truth might be, when I know my strengths and what I stand for, I do great things. And the curiosity in that, we get to that by continually drilling down to where is my better self here? Where is my higher self? In my best state, what would I be asking myself? An ego story might be, if I can't hold it all together, I'm a failure. A genius truth on that might be, some things are out of my control. And when they are, I'll address them one at a time the best way I can. I'll accept whatever, whatever happens because I did my best and that's enough. You are enough. Your best is enough. So the very thing that you can keep in mind when you're trying to get to the point of understanding better how to rewire those ego stories, that stress, that worry and overthinking is curiosity. What is this situation trying to teach you? You can even tape that to your monitor. What is this situation trying to teach me? That will help you dig down a little bit further with the curiosity 
that's necessary to challenge those assumptions. A good rule, change the lens with two different lenses. Challenge that and put two different perspectives on it. So I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I have family members coming next week. I'm not sure if I'm going to have the rooms already. And Okay, what's a different way I can be looking at that? I haven't seen these family members for a few months, and I am so excited to see them. Why don't, instead of I start with a list of how I want the house to look, is what kind of fun things do I want to do? I want to take them to the pool. I want to get some bubbles the kids can play with. That's more fun for me. That's a little bit more exciting for me. Maybe another perspective is I like to cook. Why don't I get my recipes out? Let me get excited about my recipes because I know there's a new wedge salad that I want to make with a low-cal blue cheese dressing. I have to find that recipe. Let me get that out. So now I'm more excited instead of oppressed about having to be perfect because this is exactly what happens when we're overwhelmed. We go right to self-sabotage and right to perfectionism. Uh, I have to be perfect. This isn't going to be perfect. I'm going to be let down. And it just traps you more in the ego of playing it safe. Uh, no, mm -mm. I am observing. I am going to be aware. This is mindfulness. I'm going to be aware of my thoughts. It starts with the thoughts. What is my thought here? My thought here is that this is too much for me to handle. That's not the only lens that I can look at this situation through. Another perspective is... All the other things, I can cook, where are we going to go, I have to hook up the sprinkler, won't that be fun? Challenge the lens with two different lenses. That's the perfect rule for you to keep in mind. What are two different ways that I can look at this? Because the truth is, if you're oppressed and sometimes situations are just overbearing, I would encourage you to spend some time talking this out with yourself and then with someone you trust. Because when you can actually say out loud what is truly bothering you about a situation, it is extremely freeing. So, for instance, the situation with my mom, you know, I'm really carrying a lot of guilt because. I'm angry sometimes at the place where she's living, that they're not doing the right thing. Sometimes I get a little frustrated with her, that she's not working harder at uh, being able to walk again. And then I'm beating myself up. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm angry at my mother. And you know th this cycle of things that we do to ourselves is not helpful and does not bring out our leadership or our joy. So when I dig down and really go deeper, because, you know, achievers, we want to go out and do things. Okay, I'm going to go out and I'll just run a bubble bath. I'll uh, join a spa. I'm going to go to the gym after work. These are all external things that we can do. And those are helpful for a day, two days maybe, a half an hour. But if we don't search inside ourselves, this is an internal search, not an external activity. Again, achievers want to do things because that's how we got to where we are. Just give me something to do that'll fix this. In these instances, we have to go inside ourselves. And that's tough. It's tough. 
but you've got this. You're strong. So when you go inside yourself, how do you do that? With that question, what's one or two different ways that I can look at this? Ask yourself, what am I fo- what am I really focusing on here? And in the case with my mother, once I drilled down into it, I realized, well, people are going to think I'm a failure because I didn't hold all this together. And the truth is, mm, that's a lot of self-judgment. That's not imposed judgment. So I have to be willing to allow other people to have their own feelings and know that I am doing the best that I can in the space with what I'm dealing with and that I'm awesome. And that's what I want for you too because that is freedom. That is freedom. You deserve freedom. You work hard. You know how to handle things. You're a leader. You're connected. You care about people. You care about the work that you're doing. But sometimes that ego is hijacking our good reason and forcing us to play it safe that then ushers us into perfectionism, self-sabotage, doubt, anger, resentment. And we get out of that by identifying what we're focusing on so that we know really what we're focused on. Not that I have all these things to do for my mother, but that I'm really underneath that thought is a core belief. And the core belief is that I'm not doing it well enough. And when I can go there, when I can get to the heart of that belief, then I can look at that belief with a different lens. That story behind that belief with a different lens. The story I've been telling myself that this isn't fair, I have to do all this myself, my mother, she can't walk, how am I going to get these doctors and the physical therapist? The belief behind this was that I didn't think I could hold it all together and then I'd be judged for that. Another way of looking at that is my mother's had a beautiful and full life. She has lots of people that love her, respect her, and appreciate her. She's aging. Aging and death are a fact of life. They're not what we want to look at and see, but they are a fact of life. And I'm grateful to be here for her. I'm grateful that she's had the life that she has. And I'm going to make it as comfortable as I can and do the best I can and know that that is enough. I am good enough in that space. I want that for you too. So two things that you can do right now is tape a message to your monitor. Uh, You might put it on your dashboard in your car. You might put it in your refrigerator where you might go for snacks when you're overthinking, worrying, and stressful. That message might be taped into your desk drawer or on your computer or somewhere where you'll see it couple times a day is, what am I focusing on? What are two different ways I can look at it? Wishing you peace today, wishing you satisfaction, which I think is completely underrated, satisfaction for being enough, because you are. I'm glad you were with me today, and I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, MaryLeeGannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.